Hello and uh, welcome to the podcast Uncancelled and Unplugged. Uh, I've been working in the event industry for many years. Uh, my role is designing conferences, largely designing moderating conferences. And like everyone in this space, we're seeing now with the with the COVID nineteen events, most events getting most of all events getting cancelled across North America. So the purpose of this podcast is to create a platform for those wonderful thinkers, thought leaders, practitioners who would normally be on a stage somewhere sharing uh, their insights and uh, uh, and approaches uh, to, to business and to life with, with you live as in, an, in an audience. To give an opportunity to share some of their ideas here and also look at how those those ideas are playing out in our current environment and what's next really for, for, for business and, uh, uh, and, our, and our communities as we move forward and, and get past uh, the current situation. So it's great. I can't think of a better person to to have here with me to kick this series off than Ryan McCarty. I've known Ryan for several years and have had the honour and pleasure of sharing the stage with him on several occasions. Um, just very briefly, I mean, Ryan is the, the founder of uh, uh, Culture of Good, which is an organisation dedicated to uh, creating a sense of purpose in people. And, and really, his message is very much um, creating this this sense of purpose and 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 connection within organizations and harnessing that energy in order to create organizations that are that are both successful commercially but also making a difference in the world so um you know, welcome ryan glad to have you with, with us and perhaps you could just begin by um you know talking a little bit about your work and, and explaining what what's the message that you would be communicating right now if you were on one of those stages which uh, unfortunately have uh, have uh, uh, casualties of uh, of uh, the coronavirus yeah first thank you john for having me on i really appreciate the opportunity it's um i i actually posted today uh if anyone has podcasts let me know because being home right now has been uh, typical in terms of during the weeks where I don't have the opportunity to be on stage, uh, but now having several weeks, potentially months, where, uh, as you as you suggested, that uh, we're looking at a lot of uh, suspended events as well as canceled. And so, yeah, absolutely. My message has been around, ironically, about bringing your soul to work. Um, you know, and now work looks like bringing your soul to home, right? Because we're all in this space of being quarantined. And, uh, but it really has to do with two components. And that is, you know, what, what am I most passionate about in life? And, and where is my greatest contribution? And where, where do those two things, the, the passion of my soul and the contribution on how I see that I can bring uh, value or I can better the world in some way? How do those two passion and contribution collide within my life, within my work? Uh, where do I find that harmony in terms of bringing your soul to work? As you, as you said, really discovering a life of purpose and a life of passion and, and a, in a work, uh, work environment where we're able to bring both of, uh, fully who we are and then what we can contribute to that workplace. And so, uh, you know, how do we embed that within the culture of our business and afford others the permission to care, care for each other, care for the customer, care for the community? And, and I think the relevancy of that conversation doesn't end at the place where we're not gathering together in a workspace because 
honestly, it becomes even more relevant because how do we stay connected now? How do, how do we, you know, continue to build a culture when we're decentralized, where we're not in the office together, where we don't see each other on a daily basis? Like, you know, what is, what is the, the most compelling reason that we're building this culture collectively together? Um, so yeah, you know, if, if I were on stage right now, I would be looking to inspire people to do meaningful, fulfilling work, discovering a place of belonging where they know that they can bring their greatest passion and their greatest contribution. And, and again, like that, that conversation now to me becomes more relevant because, um, you know, because it becomes even more challenging to stay connected. It becomes more challenging to be engaged. It becomes more challenging to have that sense of fulfillment when we're seeing the world through a lens of fear. Um, so that's, yeah, so that's where I would be at right now. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, that notion that, that, you know, we do, we do talk about, you know, bringing our, bringing our soul to work, bring our whole selves to work. And now all of a sudden work is no longer a, a place where we gather. Yeah. And, you know, as being people who are involved in meetings uh, of one kind or another from, from, you know, some very small to some very large, you know, we believe in the power of that coming together physically. Uh, and that's obviously something which we can't do now. So, yeah. so can you think of some concrete things you would suggest uh, where people can 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 ensure they, they 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 retain some continuity during this time, which I think is important for people to feel that they're that they're still connected, they're still part of something. I mean, what what yeah. what, what what would you suggest people people do in this situation? Yeah, you know, I, I, I refer back to when I first met my wife, Katara. So we, we lived about 35, 40 minutes away from each other. Not a terribly long distance relationship, but we, we weren't able to see each other every day, right? And, and in a long, long distance relationship, whatever that looks like, that's, that's essentially what we're working with here. The same complexities are present. We have to communicate on a daily basis. We have to call one another. Um, you know, what engages us is culture. There's a feeling and a sense of a collective experience there. That feeling is something that we really need to safeguard right now. So having, having um, you know, avenues of communication right now, but in that communication, ensuring that what we're sharing with one another during that time of talking or video chat or whatever it is between a manager to a team, peer to peer, whatever it is, we, we need to be sharing this collective experience, you know, that is ever more so a part of our collective shared reality right now. So, so we actually have something to talk about collectively that before is, is now a part of every one of our lives. And so, you know, really being able to uh, ensuring that people aren't losing that engagement is going to come down to, are we communicating? What are we communicating with one another? How are we sharing our common experience? How are we continuing to uh, re-engage with one another in a way that feels human, right? Rather than, rather than just like, hey, we got to get on this phone call because we're losing money. Like there's some realities, hard conversations that are happening right now. Uh, you know, leadership, those that are presidents, owners, managers within businesses, 
you know, the, the, everything's kind of, you know, uh, on the table. But as a part of that, what we have to recognize is that we most, if not all of us have some form of lens of fear that we're seeing the world through. And during times of tumultuous change, it really requires dynamic leadership to step into those places and be a voice of not of a false reality or a false hope, um, but but to really be a voice of true hope in recognizing that we are still human beings and we still desire to feel a sense of engagement, a sense of meaning in our work. Uh, we want to know that our contribution matters, that we feel fulfilled in our everyday work. In, in sharing, you know, those, those dynamics of our shared experience, you know, it's communicate, yeah. communicate, communicate what makes relationships work, you know, is, is what's going to make this working from home work. It's the same stuff. Yeah. And I think what, what, what's interesting is you, as you kind of uh, talk about that, that need for connection uh, to within, within the sort of virtual environments we find ourselves working in. And I know one of the things that, that you've always brought to the stage uh, has been your own personal story mm-hmm. and how that has informed yeah. your work and 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 mm-hmm. served as as an inspiration to others, right? Yeah, sure. And that the, and modelling in that way the sort of vulnerability which which folk like Brené Brown advocates. Yeah. So you've got that on the one side, mm-hmm. uh, but on the other side, the other thing I think at the moment there is this sort of um, uh, pressure that we feel. Uh, to put a brave face on things, yeah, you know, uh, you know, I'm I'm British, you know, that sort of stiff upper mm-hmm. lip, everything's going to be okay, we'll pull through. But people are, you know, the people we're working with in teams, they're they're suffering stresses both through the work and through what's happened with their family. I mean, in my situation, I can't, I'm no longer able to see my grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how long that's going. So though there are those kind of personal pressures on people. We still need to find, I think, a space where we can share those without letting them, without us becoming, I mean, we have to still be grateful and, and positive. So I mean, yeah. if you want to maybe comment on that? Yeah. Well, that's the challenge, right? Um, I, th- I think you worded it perfectly well. Uh, at, the end of, at the end of the day, you know, there are realities um, to creating space for people to be vulnerable. And that's what I mean by you know, having that shared experience and being able to communicate that. When, when I talk about leadership, I, I see it less of having the stiff upper lip and saying everything's going to be okay than I do coming vulnerable and courageous and saying exactly what you said. Um, I have a reality of possibly not being able to see my grandchildren for this amount of time. Um, you know, I talked to a, a friend of mine, the uh, yesterday who, you know, their, um, their son in terms of employment, another, another friend, their daughter, you know, they just don't, you know, they, they're fine for now, but they don't know about their kids and how their kids are going to continue to make money. Um, so even, even if you're kind of fine in your space, um, there, the reality is that all of us are facing this and have a different reality that we're dealing with. And so leadership is really stepping into a space and being, being open and honest and raw with your own experience and affording others the opportunity to be vulnerable with their shared story as well. And, and, you know, I always used to say, and I've said this for years, 
you know, what connects us is not our successes. What connects us is our trials and our adversity and what we've been through together. The difficulties mm-hmm. and the pain that we have experienced in our past, as you talked about, like losing my mom when I was six uh, to suicide. You know, um, I thought about that in a, in a conversation I was having earlier today. I went from having a human connection to, to no longer having that human connection. And whether we feel that or sense that now we, we have this, like all of a sudden our connection to people looks different in an instant without us putting this on our calendar, preparing for it. None of us were ready for this emotionally, you know, hopefully some of us were doing some internal care work and self care uh, so that we could at least have a foundation of, you know, how to care for ourselves during this time, but we weren't ready for this. Um, And in the same way, at the age of six to seven, I wasn't ready for the loss of my mom. And these are, these are moments that are defining moments in our lives. And I think it, I think it's necessary in a, in a real highest call for leadership is to first lead ourselves really well. Um, and in doing so, then we can step into those spaces and be honest and open about our shared experience. And I, I think that's going to go really far with people uh, because this isn't going to last forever. Uh, there is going to be a moment where we walk back into these doors of our offices and walk back into conversations and coffee shops and stores and everything else. And it's. In I, that- I, have, I have an image there of, of <laughs> sort of every, everyone walking outside at the same time. Everyone's door on the street opening, and yeah. people walking out into the lights. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Hopefully, it's a nice. Hopefully, it's a nice summer day. It's not the middle of winter. Yeah, well, uh, but, well yeah, I can I could see that. I'm, I would hope that it would even be a nice spring day. <laughs> yeah, well, like yes, this spring, not the following. This spring, <laughs> this spring. Yeah, but I, but I think you, you you tapped into something else there, which I was thinking about as I was as I was not preparing for this conversation this morning and was watching uh, watching the news. Uh, there was a case here in, uh, in in Toronto near near where I live, and it was a distillery, mm. and uh, they had turned over their production from making I, I don't know, probably gin or something like that, yeah. something. Uh, you know, of great social social value, sure. um, to making hand sanitizer. Yeah. And they were selling the hand sanitizer through the wall, through a window on the distillery in the distillery yeah. district in Toronto. And they were charging $3 a bottle with all proceeds going to the food bank. Yeah. And there was a woman there who who paid uh, $50 for her, and so, you know, keep the change, right? That, that this is an opportunity for organizations to uh, marshal their people and find a way in which they can convert what they're doing and do... And do, I mean, companies still need to keep, I mean, there's a struggle keeping going, keep making money that, you know, there's that pressure of commerce, but there's also an opportunity here for organizations to say, what can we, you know, what, what capacity do we have here, which we're not using because no one can go to a bar, no one's, no one's drinking other than at home, you know, um, so, so is that something that you, you, you're seeing, you know, in, 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 in your part of the world as well? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you said, you said three things. You said, you know, how do we convert, you know, what's our capacity and I always talk about contribution. So, you know, I always think about, yeah, I think that's a, easy, a good way of thinking of it as an organization. How do we convert what we're doing already um, in, into the idea that leads us to, you know, how are we contributing through what we do have? 
we we do this work in workshops with organizations prior to any of this, and it start it starts with this question: What what? And this is a workshop I do. We start by asking executive teams and leaders, "What do we do, and how would we describe that to an eight year old?" Okay, these are three questions. I, I think you'll appreciate this. What do we do, and how would we describe this to an eight year old? The second question is. If we had an unlimited resource of money, people, time, the ability to start a nonprofit with billions of dollars, what nonprofit, what charity would we start in the world that would serve the first question, what we do and how we would describe that to an eight-year-old? And then the third question that we lead to is, since we don't have unlimited resource, what resource do we have? And what charitable good work can we do and convert what we already do toward greater good in the world? <clears throat> Those three questions, I think, are more vital now than they've ever been. But it's something that we've been talking yeah. about because it's a culture of good, right? So, uh, yeah, to your yeah. question, I am seeing organizations stepping up. I am seeing grocery stores, you know, even even in the concept of how do we serve those that are elderly without them becoming infected? Like let's open up from, you know, an extra hour earlier in the morning so that they can come in. If you're over the age of 65, come in and get food before anyone else comes into that grocery store. I think everybody's moving in that. That's what I, I love seeing the collect again, this collective experience where all of us understand something about each other that maybe we had forgotten before all of this. And that is we're all human. We all hurt. We all have fears. We're all dealing with this in our different ways. But ultimately, in spite of the social distancing, we all need each other. And we need businesses to step up and say, how do we convert what we're doing and how do we create an opportunity to contribute in a way while we're still trying to stay solvent and making money and stay in business. <clears throat> you know, first rule of business is to stay in business the, right. because there are no yes. other rules if you're not in business anymore. But the second part of that rule is, and don't forget why you started in the first place. Um, and, and I would venture to say that most companies, most businesses, even if they've gotten to a place where their focus has been all profitability over the last few years, they can look back at a time, even leaders individually can look back at a time where they say, you know what, this is why I got into this work in the first place. Well, I would say now mm -hmm. more than ever is a time for us to get back to why we started and and uh, what matters to us most and, and really live through what I would call the lens of faith rather than the lens of fear. Still living in reality, um, still living in the truth of what's going on, facing that truth. Uh, but facing truth doesn't mean standing down or shrinking or playing small. I think facing truth means standing up and being vigilant in the in the face of what all of us as a collective experience are facing so hopefully that all makes sense i kind of rambled on a little bit no it does and i think i think in a sense what you're saying is you know that the, that message that you have been delivering for, for a number of years now around purpose at work and the galvanizing effect that has and the importance of human connection those things haven't changed uh, yeah. And they won't change once we're through this. Yeah. The challenge is how do we how do we maintain those during during this time? And and I think you've given us some great um, 
great uh, ideas around around how we can do it and and even even in this um you know this limited medium of podcast i'm sure anyone listening can uh can can get can gauge your own passion and uh and belief in this stuff um yeah just just uh, you know if we conclude if there's one sort of thing that you want to uh, share with our audience one one uh, sort of piece of advice as they're navigating this new uh, new reality then and then we'll we'll sort of uh, wrap up i guess yeah, you know, I keep going back to this practical I, um, thought that I had the last couple of days, um, and, and that is, and, and I like to ask questions and let people answer them, so I don't have a lot of answers here, but the, the, here's the question. <clears throat> Are the list of values, personally and then within our business, um, are they really our values, right? So... So when we go back to that list that we put in the break room that we have on a poster board, when we go back to those, um, do those still matter to us? And are they just a list of things that we hope to aspire to be one day? Or are they guiding principles to how we conduct and live among each other and for each other? And I would say during a crisis that your values become somewhat of a compass as a guiding, you know, kind of North star idea, right? We go back, right. we, yeah. we start that we start the day, we start meetings, we start talking to each other and we bring up our, our shared values that we have. And we start from that place and we really put them to test. Um, this is, this is going to be through the next weeks or months, whatever we're looking at here. Um, you know, this is going to be the greatest test of, what's what matters to us most and what we're going to find is potentially what we've been seeking after in terms of just simply profitability and making money that that what really matters to us is caring for one another is showing up and staying present for people is being a a good citizen Um, those those things are going to rise to the top and uh, and I would just I would just encourage all the listeners out there to um, to do that to really to really let your values be your guide during this time. Okay, uh, yeah. I, that, that this has been great. I've really enjoyed this this conversation. I really appreciate you you know being willing to be on this first uh, first um, uh, edition of the the podcast. And I can I just I, I I'm, I'm I hope the crisis goes on long enough for me to have you back on. I shouldn't really say that, but, but there we go. Um, so um, you know we'll 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 I look forward to this being over and 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 um, shaking your hand or uh, maybe even by then if things are good enough, giving you a good hug on yeah. a stage somewhere and uh, and really uh, uh, seeing again how you uh, you inspire and move audiences. Uh, in your in the way in the really uh, unique and uh, and compelling way. Thank you. So Sam. thanks a lot, Ryan, and uh, we'll uh, we'll keep in touch as as the world turns. Thanks Sounds a lot. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.